Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to the Transform You Live show. Get inspired and motivated to make a real transformation in your life and business using the power of optimism and mental focus. For more information, visit TransformYouBroadcast.com. That's Transform the Letter U Broadcast.com. Now let's make way for your host, Marcus Paul. Hello, my people out there in the digital world and in the traditional world as well. This is your host, Marcus Hart, with the Transform You Live show, where we harness the power of optimism to help you to make real-life transformation. So today we have a very awesome guest. Our guest today is Elizabeth Clayton. Uh, she has taught classes in psychology and English on Mississippi college campuses since she was age 20. Uh, she is still publishing many uh, great and wonderful volumes of poetry uh, since her autobiography back in 2007. And she has two titles that I want you guys to know much more about, uh, Scarlet Flow and the Kept Ecclesia of uh, Agathia Moy. Uh, I hope I got that particular title right. And if I didn't, she's going to uh, correct me and uh, definitely tell me uh, more about it in her own words as well. Uh, so uh, just a little bit of uh, much more about those two titles. Uh, it's, it's very important to know that the Scarlet Flow uh, goes back into uh, a record of one decade of the author's thoughts, which uh, celebrates the value of beauty, uh, perceived rather in painful or more pleasant circumstances of the past but also in that moment spontaneously. Uh, so I want to let Elizabeth tell, tell us much more uh, about these two books and, uh, and a little bit more about what she's got going on. So Elizabeth, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm very well. Hi. Well, that's awesome. So Elizabeth, tell us a, a little bit about yourself. I, I, you know, I know the audience heard me say uh, so much, and there's so much that um, – you know, that goes into the, the this beauty of work that you have got going on here. Uh, but share in your words um, what you have. Well, uh, I am a retired college and university instructor in psychology and English literature. And I've written most all of my life, but it was after uh, an accident and I had to retire early that I spent so much time alone. Uh, which uh, pushed me toward my writing and with a purpose and in earnest. And so I've been writing since about 1995, a little bit, and I published in 2007 for the first time. Uh, my book, Scarlet Flow, that Marcus has mentioned, uh, is a very pretty book. It's, it's a red book that is so nice at Christmas. Uh, 
It is a book of uh, poetry that covers a span of about 10 years. And these are some of my first verses. They're very simple. They're very, uh, they're very sweet. And that doesn't mean weak. That means that they have the joy of life in them. And I was alone all the time. And so I, of course, uh, embraced nature and, uh, and my faith. And uh, my friends were all working, my colleagues, my family was away. And so uh, I had to hold on to something that I, could, that I could find, and nature was very close to me. And I write quite a bit about that, and I write about problems that people have, and I write about loss, because I did have a great many losses about that time, and uh, psychological problems. I am bipolar. And uh, I have to deal with that. I have since I was 24. I was diagnosed at that age. And I had a wonderful psychiatrist for 22 years. But he died during that time. And that was one of the great losses. Now, would you like me to breathe a minute, Marcus, and let you ask a question? Or do you want me to go on? <laughs> well, I'll let you catch a little bit of breath. You know, it's, you know I, I know how that is. You know, um, when we got to take, take a little bit of a breath and, you know, uh, recollect. Because like I, I definitely got you know got a bit of excitement you know from just you know being able to connect with you and and be able to relate on so many levels and a lot of our audience can too uh, on on dealing with mental health and and the importance of uh, reconnecting with nature and pouring out uh, so much of these emotions that we have to deal with especially from laws. Um, Tell us, uh, tell us yes, all. Loss, loss is yeah. something. Loss is something that we all experience. But sometimes you've heard the expression that it comes in bunches, that it comes in little groups, so that you have more than one loss, and you have more than you think you can bear. And so that's what happened to me. I lost all of the significant others in my life in less than five years. And do you think that you know? Uh, once you, once you, you know, was it, was it reconnecting with nature first that, you know, was your first coping mechanism or was it, you know, the, the actually, you know, turning towards the poetry and, and putting pen to paper first? I think it was a combination of several things. Uh, I had a small prayer life, but I was so hurt and so lost and so alone that I was unable to pray very effectively. And so I did turn first to nature, and I then turned to my poetry, and I wrote almost every day. And you must understand that everything I wrote was not good, and a lot of it has been put aside. But it did relieve me. In, in psychological terms, it was cathartic. It was a type of catharsis or talking out. It was like therapy uh, to write my feelings and my soul. And uh, I think that people must understand that when an individual feels pain, that uh, when he says it, it's like drops of blood from his being. And it it relieves, it's like bleeding. It's like it relieves the pain to some degree. Wow. It's, it's so much porgy in the way you just worded that. <laughs> wow. You, you know, I, I could just talk to you all day because, like, you, you just said that so beautifully. <laughs> So like, is is that is that the way is is that the way you you kind of set up uh, so much of like most of the the body of work? That's the way I write. The way I speak is the way I write. Yes. 
Well, that well, that's definitely uh, you know you, you get you, you build up my appetite to 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 read uh, uh, most of your work then. <laughs> uh, well, you must understand, Marcus, that a lot of people are not particularly verbal. Uh, they have deep fear. Everybody, you uh, people say, "Oh, there's not much to him." When they speak of a person, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't feel anything. That's not true. Everybody knows and feels uh, very deeply. They just may not have the skills to express all of that. But some of us do have skills that maybe those people have in other areas. But we have skills in verbalizing and in writing. And I also paint. I also sculpt. I sew. I grow flowers and press and dry them. Uh, I, I do lots of things that are expressive that are in the fine arts. But that was a gift that I was given. And so I write easily. I write very uh, – it, it's easy for me to express my loss where it's not easy for other people. So I say it for them. I hope that my work, if it's not read while I'm alive particularly, or if I don't make any money uh, while I'm alive, that doesn't mind. That I don't mind that. It doesn't bother me. If I can leave a legacy of hope and joy and beauty in life, then I will have lived successfully. That's wonderful. Do, do you think that, you know, part of the reason why so many people do not know how to uh, find the necessary, you know, uh, therapy for themselves is because they don't know how to express, express outwardly, you know, uh, oh, I'm sure, and oh, yes, I'm sure that is true. It's very hard to find a therapist that you we use the word click with or we use the word in psychological terms rapport. Uh, when you go to a therapist, uh, you know pretty soon after the first meeting or the second or third that you don't have good rapport. In other words, he does not understand what you are saying or you don't know how to say what you feel. When you go to a therapist and just go in and say, um, I feel bad, well, what is bad? Well, how do you treat bad? What kind of pills do you take for bad? But you, you need to be able to say, I hurt in my stomach when I think of this, or I feel like I'm shaking inside when this happens. If you can say things like that, you're more verbal. And bipolars, which I am, are very verbal. And uh, it's just part of my package that I can do it. And it's not anything to boast about. It's not anything to be... It's just, that's just who I am. And as Papa said, I am what I am. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so true. In the Kep Ecclesiastes of, uh, and how you, how you, I want to make sure. Agatha Moir. Agatha was a pet name my husband used okay. for me. And Moir is me in French, which is my favorite yeah, second language. Yeah, Moir. Yeah. I, I, I thought I recognized it. Yeah. So. You did, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, there's a part of uh, the, the summary that says uh, growth occurred within the rooms of doubt. Uh, and, you know, I got so much, you know, I, I see so much depth within that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, um, what what that sounds to me that is That is like, a very large truth. Yeah. It is very true. 
Yeah, no. Uh, after Lord Tennyson, I don't know if you know him or not, as from literature, but after Lord Tennyson was a very fine British poet in the Victorian period. And he lost a friend to a boating accident, or he drowned anyway. And he just couldn't see why God would let this young man die when he was in the, you know, the beauty of his life. And he was sad for many, many years. And uh, he said, uh, finally, at the end of 20... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Six years, he grieved. And he said, I finally beat my, bu- my music out. There's more faith. In honest doubt, than all the world's creeds, and I think that is to a degree true. It is through doubt that we work out of the dark into the light. Yeah. If we're kind of simple-minded about a subject and don't question it, then it doesn't mean so much to us because we haven't gotten into it, inside of it. And when you get inside it, you doubt a little bit, but you keep on looking and you finally come out on the other side and there's light. That's pretty powerful. So, so what, what do we do? You know, um, so have you, well, let me, let me best, let me take my time in, uh, uh, with this question here. Have you ever found yourself, uh, during, during the period of when you were writing these, uh, that it was very that was a very uh, difficult difficult process for you um, as you were uh, cleansing yourself, or, or did you feel a sense of cleansing? Um, uh, yes, yes, I think that you'll find, and you may be a closet poet yourself, or you may know people who write and don't tell anybody about it. Uh, when you write. <clears throat> you go through the real truth and pain, I'll tell you this, pain is a good elixir. It's a good mixer. Pain will draw the truth out of your heart and into your pen and it will be your messenger. And it hurts very bad, very strongly and intensely in the process. But you are purged until the next time. Wow. Yeah, that is that is so true. And you know, um, the, you know, the, it's 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 just a shame that you know, um, you know, some that so many people are missing out on on the opportunity to you know uh, really uh, purge uh, so much of the things that they're you know they're they're hiding. That's the only way they're going to stop hurting. They've got yeah. to say it enough times that they, what we call in psychological jargon, we call it habituate. They get used to what they're saying. And it doesn't hurt as badly as, or as bad as it did when it first occurred. 
would would you say this is why you you know uh, went ahead and went into the uh, the degree of uh, psychology uh, because of uh, your own uh, mental illness? I think so. I, there was there were many questions that I had, and I wanted insight so badly. And to be very uh, honest, I don't usually make this statement very often, but I've been in therapy all of my life because I have never felt that I had the wisdom that I needed to live effectively. And I have thought, they're not gurus, they're not, you know, they're not uh, people that uh, say they know everything and have connections with the spirits and that sort of thing. But I do spend time with people who have studied thought and reason and hurt and pain and joy and building back and all that sort of thing. And there is great, great healing in speaking of your hurt to someone who really understands what you're saying, who understand, who has rapport with you, who can feel what you are feeling. And that's what makes a great poet. If a poet can write of his feelings so that the person who reads it knows what he is feeling, and then he can say, well, I felt like that too. Then the poet has been successful. That is so, you know, remarkable. You know, I, and, and, and it's so much um, on a higher level uh, of uh, just out of this, out of this, you know, it's, it's so much out of this, out of this reality, you know, I mean, it's still within this reality, but, you know, on another dimension, you know, so uh, on a higher level. This, well, a lot of people don't, I'm, I think you're right. Uh, it is out of this reality. We, we live in a fairly, um, uh, oh, what's the word? Fairly uh, out of the world world. Uh, we don't face the reality that is. And if we did, it probably would frighten us so badly, we would run and become even more unrealistic than we are. Uh, people today are so concerned with creature comforts and expressing exactly how they feel that they really can't face, they can't call a spade a spade. They can't do it. It just really upsets them. And that's the reason our men can't be strong men. That's the reason our women can't be gentle women. They need to understand what is true and what is real. And then they can communicate if they if they understand those things. I like that, you know. So I uh, you know, and I'm a you know, I'm a firm believer in that, you know. Yes, yeah, so this has been a wonderful talk, and I, I certainly wish it would go on and on and on. <laughs> so I, I can absorb so much um, from you, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, digesting uh, the work. And you know, so and I, I'm quite sure you got you know some wonderful mentors around you, um, mentors and you know. Wonderful. Oh, it's a great joy to teach. A great joy to teach. You see, young women, I'll leave you one thing. Uh, I tell my students at the beginning and at the end, life is a feast. 
It is a feast, and you should go to table, and you should go often, and you should stay a long, long time. Yes. Yeah, uh, that is that is great, Elizabeth. And you're going to go down as um, one of the great thought leaders uh, if you continue to get this necessary exposure. Uh, you know, and we're going to you know make sure we continue to back you as much as we can. You know, and supports you in whatever you know work you're doing. Um, is there any other final words of wisdom you want to leave with us before you know uh, we? You know, I don't know how much time I have. Uh, do I have a minute or two? Yeah, definitely. I have a metaphor that I would like to quote to you that I give to my students, and when I give it to them, you can hear a pin drop. It gets so quiet. I'll try to be as fast. I'll be as quick as I can. There was a man walking through a desert, and he comes upon a beast. Do I have time? You have time. I'll give it to you. All right. He comes upon a beast, and the beast is eating something. And it's red and bloody and dripping, and the man's sort of surprised. He walks on, and he's sort of disturbed by it. And so he comes back, and the beast is still sitting there on his haunches, eating whatever he's eating. And he says, what are you eating, sir? And he says, my heart. My heart. And the man is taken aback. He steps back and steps up. And he says, well, how is it, sir? How is it? And the beast says, bitter, bitter. And the man doesn't know what to think. But therein lies a great, great symbol. That is life. The beast eating his heart is our living our lives. We love it. He asks him why he continues to do it. If it's bitter, and he says, because it is my life, and I love it. And that's the way we are. Life is hard. Life is bitter. But it's the only one we've got. And so we love it. We want to eat it, drink it, be in it all we can. And I advise all to take that advice. Mm. That's powerful. Definitely. I'm going to be playing this back over and over again. Because <laughs> you definitely has dropped in, dropped some nuggets, uh, some golden nuggets for us to take, and you know, uh, keep underneath uh, the, the vault, <laughs> you know, so no one takes from us. Uh, so you know, uh, tell us where we can find the book at, and the what well, the books, all of the books, you know. Um, so well, that- all of them are, are at Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Various other publishers. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't keep up with that. I really don't keep up with the sales very much. I just write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we we appreciate you, you know, so much, you know. And uh, is there, and by chance, is there a way to contact you if we wanted to contact you? Well, I live in Mississippi. I live outside the capital of Mississippi, Jackson, and uh, I have a web. I have a website, but it's not functioning well right now. Uh, I hesitate to give out my email. Uh, you could get in touch with uh, Mr. Matthew. All righty. Now, what well, that sounds that sounds wonderful. Um, we, well, we greatly appreciate you once again. And you know, if you ever doing anything in the future, make sure you uh, do stop on by and and chat with us again. We'll be sure to support you. You know, in any anything you're doing. Um, as we will continue to bump up this. Well, thank you so much. You've been very kind. You know, so uh, do hold the line briefly, you know, uh, for five, about five seconds. I'm going to uh, end the show here, you know, with this 
uh, with this particular mm-hmm. episode. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know, we just had an awesome conversation with Elizabeth Clayton. She's the author of many titles, including these two here that we just briefly touched on and with a marvelous, you know, overlay of some great information and wisdom uh, of the scholar flow, the Kep Ecclesia of Agatha Moy, Elizabeth Clayton, ladies and gentlemen. So, until next time, this is the Transforming You Live show with your host, Marcus Hart. Remember to harness the power of optimism, hope, and faith for real-life transformation. Into the next chapter of your lives, many blessings, peace, and lots of love. One second while I stop the recording.